Hey everybody, you have Jake flying solo today. I'm going to be discussing Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I'm also probably just going to refer to it as Shazam too. Uh, this is the sequel to the 2019 film Shazam, which is part of the DCEU. For those who don't remember, the first Shazam was, I really liked actually, it was a, it was a nice family film. It was, it was different from what the DCEU and Marvel had been doing. Um, really, really family forward or focus on having a family aspect. Uh, it was made for a budget of 90 to 100 million. It made 367 million back at the box office. It's almost four times its number, four times its number if you're counting 90 million as the budget. So it did well. It was well received. A lot of goodwill behind it, not only for being different, people like Zachary Levi, people like Freddie Freeman. Um, excuse me, Jack Dylan Grazer, who's playing Freddie Freeman. And there was a lot to like about the film and the franchise heading into this film. Unfortunately, this film kind of disappointed from a critical and box office standpoint. This film has a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which isn't great. And the box office is currently at 120 million and the budget was 125. So this is yet to make back its budget and it's been out for three weeks, which is bad. Normally, at that budget, you'd want this film to be around where the first film was, 370, 390. But given the fact that it is a sequel, you were probably hoping it to be somewhere around 500 million, even with where some of the fatigue going on and post-COVID considerations. uh, This film was somewhat disappointing. It's hard to talk about this film without also talking about Black Adam, which also disappointed. That film made $400 million on a $200 million budget, which was not great. The reason, I'm, the reason these two films are hard to separate for those who aren't big comic book nerds or have been paying attention uh, to the Hollywood trades or podcasts that I listen to, these films really should have been together. Black Adam is Shazam's main villain, and everyone assumed that he would be in the sequel, especially when they announced that The Rock was going to be cast. It just seemed to make sense. You cast this major hero, put them in this franchise, which is, excuse me, you cast this major actor, The Rock, as Black Adam, who is, he's, I don't know, I've heard mixed it. I think he's somewhat interesting as a villain, but DCEU had been having trouble getting traction. Pitting The Rock as a major villain and major antagonist in the franchise and then setting him up in the sequel would have been, I thought, a really smart way to tie in Shazam to the larger universe and maybe get back some momentum. That's not what happened. They gave The Rock his own movie. It failed. Uh, that movie failed mainly because... I'm For people who heard me speak with my nephew, Eric, recently, he liked it. I also enjoyed parts of it. It, it wasn't a bad movie, but it just wasn't successful in terms of the box office. Um, and it may be remembered. It's probably going to have a cult following. But it didn't make its money back. And when compared to... And then tying it into this film, they're just both... Uh, they both underwhelmed uh, to different degrees and for different reasons. But... And... I'm not blaming... Really, the blame lies with the studio. Clearly, it's been in disarray for a while. James Gunn's coming in. This is the tail end of the old guards production slate. There is just... It's almost a perfect way to end that that phase of the DCEU, if you would, because where this was almost the perfect... These two films combined were really what was wrong with the DCEU. And I know we're talking about Shazam 2 here, or Shazam... Fury of the Gods. We're going to bring it back to the to this film, but it, it underwhelmed. And I think one of the biggest reasons it disappointed, but 
more so than the actual story or film itself, was the fact that James Gunn basically left this film to die on the vine. Never committed to it as part of his new vision, never committed, still really hasn't been clear on which characters will and won't be part of the future, other than, and I'm not saying this to mean, but his wife, who plays Amelia Harcourt, she's in everything, so clearly she's part of it. Apparently John Economos is back, even though he died in The Peacekeeper or Peacemaker. Like, very confused. They're getting rid of Henry Cavill, but they don't have anyone to replace him yet. I appreciate what Gunn is trying to do, but I don't think he's had the effect he was hoping, uh, at least for me, for my experience as a fan. And I'm, now it's been five minutes, I've yet to talk about the film, but this film, this is a bomb. And this film wasn't great, but it, I'm, the box office wasn't this bad. And so I can only speak for myself. Like, I wasn't excited for this film, even though I liked the first one. Beyond outside of the film itself, this felt like a dead franchise walking. Gunn wouldn't commit to it, doesn't seem to be in love with it. You had The Rock openly shitting on this franchise. Apparently, even WB siding with The Rock over this more successful film they had. It just, so many, there was so much, I feel like, bad taste or bad smell around this film. It, it just it felt like it stunk before it got out of the gate. And, and that's unfair. And now we've talked about everything that kind of went against the film that was outside of its help. Now we can talk about the film itself. It makes... I think two major errors. The first is that in the first film, Billy Batson and Freddie Freeman and more so Asher Angel and Jack Dylan Grazer, their relationship is really the crux of the film. It's their friendship is the emotional gravity of the film. That is what really allows Billy to, both of them to have different character arcs and really everything pivots around that friendship and that growing feeling of family. That really doesn't exist here. They, they try and have that be a, a major source of tension with them growing and their powers and Freddie wanting to be his, do his own thing and the family growing apart, but they, they really just don't get anything more than lip service. It's set up in the beginning and then really not allowed to grow. And more importantly, Asher Angel and Jack Dylan Grazer or Billy and Freddie barely get any screen time. And the fact, it, it kind of reminds me of Guardians of the Galaxy where you had this great first film where their chemistry of the characters is what really made it pop. And then in the second film, you take that chemistry away and you split them up. And I know what you're trying to do. You're hoping to have them grow and have that same chemistry with other characters and grow your world and bring them new experiences. But for fun comic book films, if you have good chemistry between characters, you should really focus on it and, and keep beating that drum. And they didn't do that. And I, I, the movie really suffers for it. And outside of that... Asher Angel as the young Billy Batson's not in it. It's really Zachary Levi the whole time. And what's weird is with him in it for 90% of the film and him acting childish and immature and petulant, he just doesn't really come off as heroic. He just really comes off as childish and immature. And that isn't very likable. In the first film, Shazam was very flawed and Billy was were flawed, but it worked. The story was done in a way, the performances were done in a way, everything was done in a way to make them likable and yeah, they were flawed, but they had growth. And they were evolving. And there were things... This film doesn't really have any of that. And so, between the no endor non-endorsement from James Gunn, the fact that they separated Billy and Freddy, and the fact that Billy's really not in it at all, it really focuses on an adult Shazam, and he's mischaracterized somewhat, making him unlikable, those are, all, uh, those are already a ton of, ton of things to get over. Or, excuse me, a ton of obstacles to overcome. 
but this film doesn't do it any favor. This film doesn't do itself any favors when it comes to the actual story and villains, because they don't make like the story doesn't really make sense. It's really plotted like a video game. I'm not going to go through it beat by beat, but they have a number of MacGuffins that are introduced somewhat out of nowhere. You think they're going to be the MacGuffin of the movie, and then ten minutes later, oh, they have them. Wait, now there's a new a new MacGuffin, and one of the MacGuffins. I, I'm actually not going to go through it beat by beat. Anyone who listens to anyone who listens to me or heard this has heard this before knows that I openly admit Marvel films and most comic book and fantasy films have you make use of MacGuffins. It's just about how you can incorporate them into it, and I feel like that's one of the things. Every film has MacGuffins, but when you're not excited or interested, they kind of become glaring and they seem a little clunky. And that's I think what happens in this film. You have the Daughters of Atlas. That's the other thing. We don't really understand the conflict. The Daughters of Atlas are coming after the wizard Shazam and because he stole their father's powers. And so we're led to believe they're evil, but they're not really evil, or at least two out of the three of them aren't evil. They just want their powers back to restore their world. So we're basically thrown into this century, a millennia-long power struggle between this wizard and gods that we don't really understand, that really isn't fleshed out, and it's this mixed message of maybe we can live in peace, maybe everyone's okay. And that's a good message. But without story or characters or anything to really flesh that out, it just ends up sound it ends up being like bland gobbledygook. It just is it's just it's very boring. It's not that the and that's what bothers me too is the first film I thought was good because it wasn't trying to be too serious. It was just about family and someone trying to be a hero and how those two things come together. It's pretty straightforward. It's a kids family superhero film. And this film it just it's trying to up the stakes. It's got interdimensional gods. It's got a dragon. It's got monsters. It's got a tree of life. It's really the tree of death. There's just so much going on. There's so much going on, they don't give anything enough time to breathe. So by the end of the film, you're kind of just, you, you felt like you've been on an amusement ride, but one that wasn't that fun. And I feel bad because I'm not, this film, I feel like it's kind of getting some of the same treatment that Ant-Man Quantumania did. It has flaws, but it feels like uh, it's being, feels like it's taking some punishment for previous films that got the benefit of the doubt or... Um, for really the last 10 years of comic book films. It seems like some, some critics are taking the moment to really bash these films now that the sheen or shield of the public euphoria and love of it, a love of them have gone. I'm losing myself here. But this, there really wasn't a lot to like in this film, just to bring it back. The story doesn't make sense. You have Lucy Liu, you have Rachel Ziegler, you have Helen Mirren as these villains, and really none of them are... Rachel Zegler, excuse me, Rachel Zegler is great, but Lucy Liu and Helen Mirren are just... They come off as comic book villains, and, and really, it's plotted like a cartoon. It feels like a cartoon. Even the emotional beats that I think the first film did so well come off cartoonish here, and that's, at the end of the day, it really comes off cartoonish, and this is where I think comic book films have kind of gotten themselves in this difficult position and it's something Marvel used to do really well it knew how to have fun with itself without undercutting the seriousness or stakes allowing people to laugh at some of the absurdity of what was going on but still get emotionally invested in the story and the characters it feels like both of the both both DC and Marvel have lost sight of that 
Marvel more so from a point, place of success where it feels like now they just treat everything as a joke and I feel like sometimes they're laughing at me, which isn't the best feeling. And DCU overall as a franchise, I've had a real hard time I think finding, injecting any humor into the series or franchise. But Shazam, did, the first Shazam did a good job. But in this one, again, it, kind of, it reminds me of Thor Love and Thunder. There's too many jokes, it steps on itself. And yeah, we know it's silly. But you need, to, you need to treat it a little more seriously if you want the audience to take your film seriously. And that sounds so condescending and obvious to say. But for someone who loves these films and for someone who's been going to all of them since opening day, or excuse me, opening weekend of Blade in 1998, I, I love them. But you need, I've definitely noticed since Endgame, they've, the comic book movie industry is having a real hard time balancing the humor with the actual story and giving us things that we can laugh at and still care about. And that, I think that's really it. And I hate to throw this together with Ant-Man Quantumania. It's probably unfair, but I look at both these films and they both are suffering from a lot of the same things. Tonal issues, lack of story development, cartoonish plotting. Villain, King is good, but overall, across the spectrum the last few years, Villains in general aren't great. Also, Modoc was a huge issue. And there was no other villains outside of King. So no, it's, both these films do have pretty much all the same issues. And it really comes down to... Some of it is actual production. Ant-Man Quantumania didn't suffer from the same thing um, as Shazam 2 and that Kevin Feige basically hung out to dry and said, maybe or maybe not, we'll do more Ant-Man. But in terms of the films themselves, bad writing bad plotting, weak character development, un generic action, which is something I'd never, really is a, a very new and the most troubling development across all the comic book films is, or TV shows is the boring action. Like, how, how do you not do good action? I think the biggest problem with that is CGI. They've just become so unimaginative and it's an issue. And this film suffers from all those same issues. The fight with the dragon, the fight with the monsters and the tree of life. There's even the fight, there's only a handful of fights with him and the actual goddesses and they're very quick and boring. <sighs> Bring it back to this film. I'm going to give it a low grade. I mean, this, this feels mean. I'm probably in hindsight, I want to give it a little bump. But this is a two out of ten. This film is really boring. It's not, it's... You can watch the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes and you really won't miss anything. And I feel bad saying that, but this film was just weak. Um, I, I like this director. I like the cast, but I, I feel bad saying this because I know this is the end of the franchise and I don't want to dance on their grave. But it, if, this was your, if this was your last shot, if this was your shot to save your franchise, if you're a Sandberg or, or any of these producers, or you messed up. And like I, you really messed up. And if... Not that I am, but if I were a producer, if I were James Gunn, and I was thinking about who I was going to keep and who I was going to leave, and I saw this film, I would cut Shazam too. It's just, it, it's, it's a stinker. And it's, it's not like the worst film I've ever seen. And as I said, if I ever am held to account, um, there are worse films that I've given higher grades for Shazam then. But the reason I'm giving Shazam such a hard time is here is this, this was literally the movie they had to make to save their franchise. It, and they, and they failed. And they knew that, I think, at the time, too. All right. One last thing on Shazam. I know I just kind of alluded to some of the rock stuff. So these characters probably should have their own movie. 
that was, that was next early on in development. Rock's, Rock wanted his own film. So then there's talk about having them appear in um, post, post-credit stingers, those teases, and the, during, obviously after the film. The Rock nixed Shazam showing up in his film, which is why they had the Henry Cavill. And he nixed any of his characters. It was supposed to be Hawkman and Cyclone showing up in Shazam 2 to recruit Shazam, uh, the Justice Society, to help stop Black Adam. And he nixed that too, although the second one seems like it was more just out of bitterness. But the story is that he did that because he hates Shazam so much. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is The Rock taking Black Adam and not wanting to be in Shazam to the point where he openly is disdainful and says he, he will never appear in a movie with that, with that character would be the equivalent of Josh Brolin becoming Thanos and then saying, no, no, I really hate the Avengers. They're so lame. I can never be in anything with them. I know people, there aren't a ton of Shazam fans, and that's a whole other thing about him. His name was Captain Marvel in the comics, and he doesn't have a name until the very end of this film, too, where they finally name him Shazam. But Shazam and Black Adam, that is, they have the same power set. They are intricately intertwined. They are, their origin stories are connected. They are, they are, they are intertwined characters. To have, to have a film franchise where one of them, the stars, didn't want his character interact with the other, it's lunacy. It's, it's literally like having a Magneto and X-Men, two actors, give them each separate films, but never have the X-Men fight the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It's insane. And again, I just think it's really indicative of how messed up the DCU is. To be honest, I don't think Gunn is... I'm not super pumped that Gunn's going to do a better job, um, but I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt. And after this film... It actually was almost a good palate cleanser because I was a little down on gun, but after this film, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm, I'm going to see what he can do. All right, we're going on almost 20 minutes here for Shazam Fury of the Gods. Probably 15 more minutes than it deserves. But yeah, giving it a 2 out of 10. Really bummed out. Uh, don't recommend it. Don't re- don't, really don't recommend it under any circumstances at the moment. Um, I do recommend the first one if you're looking for a fun, family-friendly film. Or, and I would only recommend it if you liked the first one and wanted to know what happened. But yeah. Really disappointed. Shazam 2. Fury of the Gods. Real bummer. All right. Talk to you all later. Thanks for hanging. Bye.